Hola, bienvenidos. Uh, welcome to the Not Last podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez, and this is my story. Um, so thanks for tuning in again. Uh, another week here in Chile. Um, I just came back from uh, preparing for and racing the Chilean Road National Championships and Time Trial National Championships. So we're going to talk about that because, boy, do I have a lot to share with you for a recap. Um, <clears throat> overall, this weekend was a mixed bag. Um, some parts were uh, horrible, and I don't use that term in this, sen in this sense uh, lightly. Uh, absolutely horrific. And some parts were bad, and some parts were good, uh, and some parts were great. <laughs> so... Definitely, definitely a, uh, a mixed bag of, of competition and experiences this weekend. So um, the week lead leading up to up to this last weekend uh, was pretty good. It was tapering off from uh, tapering off from training a little bit, um, feeling nervous, but but confident in my excuse me. Sorry, um, I just had a coffee. I don't know why I'm yawning. Um, confident in my abilities and and my my form right now so it was good coming into the confidence was 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 solid uh, coming off of a nice result um, in the chrono challenge the weekend before up in Santiago knowing that the competition was going to be stiff um, and that uh, where the race was being held was much more centrally located uh, un año pasado or sorry um, uh, a year a year previous the previous year um, for the for the national championships, they were in Puerto Montt, which was way far south, um, really really far south of Chile, like the southern tip of South America. Um, and they were in July, I believe, June or July. I think it was in July. And um, so it's it's uh, cold, wet, rainy, and very far away. And so it was hard for a lot of competitors. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, raw recording, you get all the unedited stuff, so you get all my yawns and unedited. Um, it's it's extra spice and flavor for the for the podcast. Um, yeah, so it's hard to get to Puerto Montt. Um, it's late in the season for a lot of racers, and uh, yeah, so uh, a good level of, of racers showed up there. Um, the competition was was definitely stiff, um, and in that race, I in the in the time trial in Puerto Montt last year, I took sixth place. So I was hoping for. My goal going into this race was uh, fifth or better, and I was pretty confident in my in my ability to, to pull that off. Um, so we get we get everything together. I get an Airbnb rented. Uh, we convince we have a junior rider. He's 19 years old. Um, his name is Felipe, and Felipe is uh, he's never raced a national championship before on the road bike. He kind of does some mountain bike stuff, and he's pretty good. Um, he hasn't been racing for too long, for about a, maybe a year, year and a half, and he's he's showing a lot of potential. Um, and so it was, you know, we invited him to come and join us. Uh, I was with my my our team president for Team Rancagua Bikes, Sebastian Herrera, and um, he's a really nice guy and a really close friend. And he um, uh, he you know he drove the car, he drove us down there, he cooked food, he cleaned the, he set the bike up on the trainer, he knew where to go, he he kind of kind of did all this. He was the the super sonier kind of thing for for myself and for Felipe as well. So uh, we were getting ready to go. Um, I had 
booked an Airbnb and I paid for the Airbnb um, for myself, for Sebastian and for Felipe. And they covered most of the other expenses. I bought groceries too for uh, um, for a couple of days. And um, yeah, so it was, it was a great... <sighs> great bonding experience with them and um felipe is a really good kid uh he has a lot of ambition um he has a uh uh, some hard time controlling his emotions here and there but he's yeah he's a really good kid Uh, i like i like him a lot Uh, i hope one day to bring him to the u.s to come and train and race and and uh and and do that um same with sebastian i hope to bring them uh, to the u.s and and um and have them experience bike racing here uh, or over over there. Um, it's different. It's different than than here in Chile for sure. Um, anyways, so yeah, the uh, uh, the prep was going well. Packed all my bags. We got all our stuff going. I did my. Um, I had communicated with my Airbnb host, and she was like, "What time are you going to arrive?" And I was and I was talking to Sebastian, and uh, we were going to arrive on on Thursday for the. Um, to have a day to get set up, and then the TT was the next was the the, the proximity of the, the next day, um, and so yeah, so we arrive on Thursday. Uh, I communicate with Felipe and tell my Airbnb host and and Sebastian and and say, okay, we're gonna be there, you know, sometime sometime in the afternoon. Well, it's an hour and a half away, so I figure, okay, well, I should be ready to go by late morning. So I get my training in, I do all the laundry, I clean the, clean my house, I get all my kit packed, all my everything. Everything is packed. I have I have a lot of stuff um, to go to to do a road race and a TT and extra extra everything for the just in case kind of what is. <laughs> so so I get going and, and I'm ready to go by by like eleven o'clock. I wake up at like six, ready to go. I text Sebastian around around noon and say, "Hey, when when do you think you're gonna go?" He's like, "Oh, I like I have to pick up the girls from work. I gotta get my wife. I gotta run these errands. I gotta finish working. I have clients to meet. Um, like we're not gonna leave here until like like seven or eight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. The typical American like gringo thing of like." Uh, I ran the numbers in my head, and if we say we're gonna leave, be there by mid, you know, mid afternoon, we're gonna leave early in the day and and get there on time. And so, um, yeah, I just I waited all day long um, to to go, but it was fine. It was it was totally fine. I, it was my mistake. It was funny. Uh, typical, <sighs> typical American American mistake, a gringo mistake, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, so that, that happened. Um, we get in the car, we drive up, um, we've got, uh, my bike, my road bike, my TG bike, Felipe's bike, and Sebastian brought his bike and Sebastian brought his trainer, his smart trainer as well. So we are packed to the gills with kit. I have a spare set of wheels. I've got a tool bag. I've got kit on kit on kit and a trainer myself and, and yeah, floor pump. And we have, we have everything we need. So, so it's all good. Uh, we get to the the Airbnb, um, have this apartment to ourselves, and uh, the lady was super nice. Lillian was great. She got us all set up and and was very accommodating. Checked in every day with us to make sure we got everything we needed, and and we were all set. It was it was a super experience to stay in 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 Curico. 
Um, so we're there, and Curico in, in Chile is kind of the central hub for cycling in Chile. Like, everyone comes to, comes to Curico. It's very, very popular. There's a lot of races that happen there. There's a lot of events. There's just there's a lot of stuff happening around cycling in, in Curico. Uh, so they were hosting the national championships this year. This is the second time to, for the, the new federation, uh, the new Chilean Cycling Federation, to host a championship. So um, since they were refederated by the UCI. Uh, two years ago, they were uh, they were sanctioned and um, and their federation license was revoked from the UCI because of a lot of corruption in their in their system and a lot of um, other bad things that were happening um, between the coaches and the trainers and the and the athletes and and stuff. It was just very corrupt. And so it's they're reorganizing. They're still very disorganized, but they're they're trying and they're faced with um, you know a pretty impossible task to regain the trust of all of these long-standing teams. And, you know, in Chile, it's not the, the old white men. It's these little, like, old Chilean men. And they will burn the room down uh, or, or, or scream until the room is silent so they can say their piece and they are heard. And these guys are forces to be reckoned with. And when they are upset, no one is happy. Um, and so they are, yeah, um, they, the Chilean Federation has, has a real hard battle uh, to fight, and they have to fight it to try and get on board and get um, get the trust back. I think of a lot of the cyclists and a lot of the um, the presidents of teams that have been they've been standing in Chile for a long time, um, and they have a history of you know competition and, and cultivating riders and things like that. So, um, yeah, so there's there's that. Uh, they're they're faced with kind of an impossible task or a very challenging task. I don't think it's impossible, but it takes a lot of work. So. Here's hoping for a national championship that goes off really smoothly. It was, like I said, a little disorganized, but overall I think it went went pretty well up until a point, which I'll get to here uh, shortly. So um, I get prepared, get the bike ready. Um, Sebastian cooks us a, a really nice meal. Um, we get to bed on time-ish, and then uh, and and, uh, and get ready to go the next morning. Um, we realize we figure out we kind of run the numbers after going to the technical congress and getting my race numbers and felipe's race numbers that we um you know i'm not going to go off until around two o'clock in the afternoon for the tt so we have time tomorrow uh, before the race so we can wake up late we can kind of have a slow morning and then roll on out it's about a 45 minute drive to get to the tt course and and we get there so we get there uh we find a place to park away from everybody else uh, which is nice. It's you know, def- I definitely prefer to warm up and get ready in kind of a, a very quiet and calm, tranquil space, which is which is great. Um, so we were away from all the hubbub, um, unlike in Puerto Montt last year, where we had to be in the middle of everything. Um, so we were away from it all. So that was good. Um, with the we re-see the course uh, the day before. We could check it out, and um, and it looks good. It's it's pancake flat. Um, 10k out to a turnaround, 10k back, 10k out, 10k back um, to equal 40 kilometers of, of a race for the for the TT. So it's a solo race against the clock. You try and get as aerodynamic as possible, and you um, you you have at it, and you just try and try and go absolutely as fast as you can. Um, and so this this was a, a flat course. Um, pretty nice condition road some some bumps and things not perfectly smooth but um but overall a really really beautiful course 
a TT specialist course. So I'm I'm excited to have a go at this. Despite I got a puncture on my on the um, on the training ride when we were reseeing the course the day before, and uh, um, it punctured so hard that it unseated my tubeless tire, and I didn't have a pump with that pushed enough air volume to reseat the tire. So I had to wait um, uh, for Sebastian and Felipe to ride back to the car, and then uh, and then come and get me. Um, so I had to wait for like half an hour or so, but uh, that's okay. So that's why we practice, right? That's why we why we receive the course, and that's why we are prepared for eventualities like this because it's it's going to happen, um, and it's worse when you're not ready for it. So that's fine. Anyways, we get to we get to the day of the TT. We're there. We're warming up. We're checking in on everything. Sebastian and Felipe are going back and forth and back and forth. I'm kind of hanging out by the car, just away from all the hubbub, because um, I don't want to be around it and get my nerves too high. They're already pretty high as it was going into this um and uh yeah so we 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 get the information i get the information okay it's time to start a warm-up you got about about a, you know 45 minutes and i have a 30 minute 30 minute warm-up to do on the on the trainer so i get my warm-up done and then they say they get another announcement or a revision to the schedule uh we have a break and a pause and um uh for lunch and things and between the big categories changing the course uh for the longer race for the elite men Excuse me. Um, we are, yeah, so there's a pause. So, like, I wait for, so I warm up for 30 minutes, and then I warm up for like 40 minutes, and then 40 minutes turns into almost an hour. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll get off the bike. So I get off and I hang out, and then Sebastian's waiting and waiting and waiting. He runs the numbers backwards again, and we, um, we we figure out that okay now now is about a good start time so we decide it's probably better to to go do another warm-up um and bring the trainer this time right next to the start line so then when they call my name i can just hop off the trainer and 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 go so so we do that um and uh it was kind (laughs) of sebastian was telling me this i was really focused and really trying hard to block out everything that was around me and so i'm in my i have my cervello tt bike um, i had changed out to a 58 tooth chainring in the front and i was running an 1123 block in the back so um it, just a one by i took off the front derailleur to make it more aerodynamic shave a little weight um and just make things a little more simple so i have a one by chainring so 58 in the front and an 1123 in the in the back and i like the 1123 there's 11 speeds in in the back cassette and um with specifically with the 1123 so 11 is the smallest 23 is the biggest cog in the back um there's one gear or one um tooth count uh jump from cog to cog as you go up the cassette so for example um you start with the 11 and then the next one is the 12 and then the 13 and the 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 and then or 17 18 19 uh 21 uh 23 or something like that so you have really nice small jumps in gears so it makes finding the right cadence and, and staying on the gear a much easier um i like it it's not there's not big jumps in between gears um especially for time trialing it keeps things smooth and consistent so so i'm on it um feeling good and uh sebastian and and felipe were telling me afterwards that like i was getting everyone was staring at the bike and like a cervello is not a very common bike in chile it's really hard to come by a cervello and let alone a cervello that is like fully kitted out with like all the aero gear that you can put on it um uh i've converted this bike i bought this bike used from ruckus components it was a broken carbon frame that they had repaired 
um, and like it's in it's still in pretty rough shape but uh, I didn't have any money and I still don't have any money but uh, yeah so I bought this used broken carbon bike that they had repaired um, from Ruckus Components up in Portland on sale so I paid like 600 bucks for the frame and then I put um, as much aero stuff as I could put on it to make it a nice aerodynamic bike and it's it's pretty good I think um, it's pretty good um, I think it fits me well too and, and it, it's pretty fast so so yeah so I have this bike and everyone's staring at it and being like oh my god what is this like wow you know they're pretty pretty excited or impressed by the bike and I'm in my I have an, a custom made no pin skin suit so it's a very aerodynamic uh, one piece skin suit that I wear um, that has special fabrics that for for smoothing the airflow over your body and different places around your body and um, and it's custom made for me. They took like a hundred points of measurement um, from my body that I entered into this this kind of chart for them, and they they custom three D printed a, um, a skin suit for me. And uh, yeah, so really really nice stuff. And I was getting getting lots of looks, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I didn't I didn't know that at the time because uh, I had my I had my earbuds in that was blasting you know, uh, my warm up techno music, uh, at full volume. So I, so I couldn't hear or focus on anything else, but just what I was doing in that immediate moment, which is how I, I like to do things for warm up. So yeah, um, Sebastian and, and Felipe had a good time talking to everybody and people would come up and ask questions to me, but they would realize very quickly that I was, you know, training or not, not focused on them and had my earbuds in. So then they turned to Sebastian or Felipe and asked questions and pointing at me and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of fun. Uh, one good thing from from the from that day so far, uh, but I do another warm up, get ready to go, um, get to the start line, and um, they had initially not put me on the start list, and I was pretty stressed out the night before. But Sebastian wrote to the the, the commissaires and said, "Hey, like you forgot this guy. He has a you got you gave him a number, but you didn't put him on the list." And they're like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about it. He's on the list. Um, we just uh, yeah, don't worry about it. So whatever." Um, and then my number was wrong. So they had me as a wrong number for whatever reason, but it's okay. They, they recorded my time and that's all I care about. And I got to start time. So, so I go off on the course. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, one welta out or one, one way out to 10 K you turn around, you come back for 20 K turn around again, go out for 30 K and turn around for the final time and come back for 40 K. So it's a nice 10 K pacing strategy. Um, I had, I had a number in my head um, that I would be uh, a really hard number to hit for me, but I was going to try and aim for that anyway um, of 50 minutes to try and, do, try and do the 40K in 50 minutes, which is easy numbers to hit where you have to average 50 kph to do that. Um, so I, um, uh, which is like 30, which is like 31 miles an hour. Um, so I get out there and I realize it's it's a head crosswind on the way out, which means that it's a, a cross tailwind on the way back, um, and and that's okay. So I knew I was going to go slower on the way out, which means I had to push harder, and then I was gonna you know just kind of hang on for for the way back, and do that you know two times each way. So and then the final time you just empty the tank and and you just hold on until you get to the line and hope that you have something left. Um, hope that you don't have anything left by the time you cross the line, but hope that you have enough to get yourself across the line is the hope. So, uh, so I get in the I, I get into it and I'm I'm into it. I'm pushing forty like thirty eight. No no no. I'm pushing like yeah like thirty eight to forty kilometers per hour. Um, on the way out and I'm doing like three hundred plus watts to to sit there. 
um, and it hurts. It really, really hurts. Um, my body is like, hey, you could you could stop this, but it's not saying it in a polite tone. It's saying it with a lot of expletives and and screaming it um, uh, to like demand that you stop doing what you're doing that hurts a lot and is really taxing on the body. But I say no. So so I push out. I'm doing 40, 40, you know, 38, 40k out, 38 to 40 kph on the way out. I hit the turnaround time or hit the turnaround spot. I'm behind schedule, um, but I'm not worried about it too much. I knew the 50k, 50 minute mark was going to be like a huge PR for me if I could touch it. So if I could get close to it, I would be happy. Um, so I push and push and push and push and I hit the turnaround. Um, I haven't been caught by anybody yet. I'm doing okay. I, I hit the turnaround and I get that cross tailwind. I have my 58 tooth chain ring. I put it in the like the 12, um, so one cog above the my smallest cog, and I get on top of the gear and I just start pushing. And now I'm doing 60, like 55 to no, I'm not doing 60 kph yet. I'm doing 50 at minimum 50 kph, which is 31 miles an hour. I was touching 52 to 54 kph for most for most of the way back. So I am flying on the way back, feeling good. Uh, it hurts a lot, hurts a whole lot. Um, I hit the turnaround again to get into the head crosswind um, for the, I guess the final time this time. And like I get into that and suddenly I'm doing like 35 kph. And then I was like, okay, well maybe I just, I just need to stay positive. I know I'm tired. Um, like I'll, I'll lift it as much as I can and I get it up to like 37, 38 kph. And I was like, this isn't right. Like I'm doing 295 watts, 310, 320 watts. And like my cadence is right. My heart rate is absolutely pegged, but like it just, I just can't lift it anymore. And I realized very quickly, like I mispaced this, like I went out too hard and now I am, uh, I'm screwed. Um, and so I very, very quickly, I have all these thoughts in my head and all these feelings of like, like, like with a lot of expletives, which I'll try and avoid from using, but uh, you know, right now in this podcast, but, uh, it's like, uh, do I, do I give up now? Do I like, do I pretend I have an issue? Do I pretend I have a cramp? Um, what do I do? And so very quickly, like I, 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 I've been using the phrase lately, Sierra la, Sierra la Puerta, which means shut the door. And so I, I was like, shut the door, Sierra la Puerta. And I, I, I say that out loud a couple of times to myself at, you know, at, at race pace. And it's like, like, get those negative emotions out of your head, shut the door, like, turn it off, just turn it off. You don't have to, you don't have to think about positive things. You have to not think about negative things. So I shut the door. And, and I just push and I find a rhythm. And normally when I TT, I, I, some, one thing that I'll do sometimes is, is I'll count and I'll just go one, two, one, two. And I'll count that with my pedal strokes and I'll try and lift that as much as I can. Like I push the tempo. So one, two, go one, two, one, two. If you're a, if you're a music major or, or, or no music, I do it in four, four times. So uh, one, two, one, two. And then I try and do it in half time. So then I go one, two, one, two, one, two, and try and lift the cadence as much as I can. So I switch between between uh, four, four time and, and half time to try and get that cadence up as much as I can. Uh, it's like toggling back and forth and back and forth on a fader, on a fader switch or something. 
So I'm trying this and trying this and trying this, and I lift it and lift it just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and I'm like, every little bit counts, man. Come on, keep going. So I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, um, and I'm just, I'm dying. Like, my body is just, I'm, I'm so tired. I just want to stop. But I was like, Sierra La Puerta, like, come on. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And then I started saying other, you know, phrases and digging in deep. I'm like, this is when you dig, and this is when it hurts. And, um, and I was like, and this, this is a game that's supposed to hurt. And, uh, which unfortunately it is like, this is a game that's, that is, that is supposed to hurt. Um, and, uh, and everyone else is hurting just like you are. And so you just have to keep pushing. And so I, I try, I try, I try, I try, I try, I try, but I know I'm losing time, but I just try and accept it and look at it as this is my actual time, not the time I wish I had, but this is what it actually is. So focus on that and move forward. Um, and so I, you know, I keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and I get caught and I get passed, um, by my minute man. And I was like, okay, you know what? I, I didn't think I was going to win this anyway, but if I'm third place, great, you know, next to him. Cool. So I keep pushing and keep pushing. I'm, I'm staying as absolutely as positive as I can, despite all of these negative emotions that are like, they're like banging on the door that I'm closed, you know, I uh, think like, like zombies banging on the door that you close and you just run into the kitchen and, and like lock the door and barricade it. Like they're like banging on there trying to get in that those are my negative emotions and negative thoughts. And so I'm, I'm pushing and I'm trying and I'm, I am just doing internal, I'm, I'm having an internal battle. Um, uh, this is mortal combat to the nth degree, you know? Um, and so I get to the turnaround after getting caught um, and I know, I know that after that guy, there's, there's another guy and his, they call him, they call him the Puma and he is the, this is his, he was going for his ninth consecutive time trial national championship title. The guy's fast. There's no, there's no discounting that. Um, and he's a really nice guy too, which makes it hard to want to hate him because he's just a really good competitor. He's a nice guy. He's got a family. He's 27 years old which also hurts because I'm 35 and the guy just kicks my ass. Um, but he's, he's a great competitor and, and he is, he is legit. So, so I, I knew that, that, the, that he was going to be closing in at some point, but I, I try very hard to, you know, not do things that expel extra energy, like look over my shoulder. I do it once or twice, but like, I really try not to look over that and just look forward because the race is ahead of me and not behind me. So I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And, um, and that other guy had passed me right before the turnaround. I was like, okay, not a big deal. I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll hold him, hold him close and keep him in sight and, and do that. And, um, yeah, so, so we do that, but I lose sight of him and I was, I was just tired. Um, I was tired. That was it. And, and I'd mispaced it, I think. Um, and so I get through the turnaround and I get about, oh, I don't know, a kilometer from after the turnaround and I'm, I'm, I'm in the big ring and I'm flying again. And I go 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 and I get caught by the Puma and I knew he was coming. I had like this sixth sense that he was coming and he was coming for me. Um, and so he catches me and passes me, but not going that much faster than me. And so I know that this is the final run to the finish line. So it's time to just like, just empty this tank and whatever happens 
happens. Either you get across the line or you at speed or you blow up and limp your way across. Like that's what it's going to be because I have no other choice. Um, so I, I, I go like crazy. I, um, yeah, I, I just have at it and, um, we, we see what happens. So I, I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm flying. I, I get a, um, one of the police, the caballeros, uh, in moto, one of the police motos, uh, next to me. And, um, and he's escorting me as I go along, you know, with his sirens and lights and, and whistles and, and everything like that, making sure that the road is clear so I can take whatever line I want. Um, and I can, I can, you know, push as hard as I can and not have to focus on, you know, is, is there going to be a car in my way or is there, is there whatever? So, uh, that was that was a huge help, and I didn't have a support car for the TT like everyone else in the in the in the elite peloton did, also. So like to have that last you know to have the moto in the last 10k um, was a huge help, and having a car in a TT like that also would help a ton just to clear the road and and give me more mental space to focus on the task at hand. So next year, next year I'll try and have a car, but I am flying. I get over 60 60 kph. Um, 61, 62 kph uh, on the flats too. I am spun out in my 50, 58, 11. Um, I'm, I'm doing 110 RPMs in my 58, 11 at 62 kilometers per hour. And like, I am cooking. Um, I am absolutely cross-eyed and like, I can barely think straight and barely see straight. Um, but I know that the road is straight-ish and this is the direction I need to go. Unfortunately, uh, there's no technical turns. There's no real need to use my brakes until I come to a stop after the finish line. So, vamos, <laughs> let's let's go. So, I do that, um, and I just drain it. Um, I emptied every last ounce of me onto that course, um, and I was concerned that I didn't I didn't do well enough. And sure enough, um, we get the results, and the Puma won. Uh, and congratulations to him. He had a great race. Um, and you know, I know he's raced this course before it's a known TT course. It's, um, it's, it's a beautiful TT course. It, uh, it really is a time trial specialist course, uh, where you can just go flat out and not have to really think about anything. Um, but you have to get your pacing right. And I think that's where I messed it up is I didn't get the pacing right. Um, I needed more, more practice on the course, I think, to get, to get to know it. Um, I also would have been helpful. And, you know, at this point, like, I'm full of excuses for woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, ultimately, I didn't have it. And I ended up with 12th place um, out of 21 uh, uh, racers in the elite field. So, uh, that being said, I was, you know, I was, I'm not happy with the result. I wish I had a better result. I always wish I had a better result. Unless you win, you always wish you had a better result. Um... I was four and a half minutes off of the Puma, um, and everyone else in in that range from first from second to twelfth was um, was like was really tight within seconds um, up to a minute um, from first to twelfth. So like the field was stacked. There were some hardcore competitors there. I PR'd my 40k TT course by a minute and a half. Um, I, I, so I'm, you know, so I'm happy with that. I put a minute compared to Puerto Montt last year against the Puma. Um, I was a minute and a half faster, um, uh, than last year. And I, and he was, he stayed the same. So, so the gap from me to him closed and, and I improved. So that was, that was inspiring. Um, but 
I, uh, I, I wish it was more. I wish I would have had a better result. Um, but that's that's what you get. You know, that's that's the reality of this of this sport. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, so that was the TT. Uh, then we packed up and and we went. We went back to the hotel or the the apartment and the Airbnb. And um, and I was absolutely wrecked. So I burned 1,100 calories in 50, 54 minutes. Um, yeah, that was a massive effort. Uh, I had a normalized power of 270 watts, which is a little lower than it uh, than I than I wanted. But um, I know I lost some fitness, and I've been trying to build it back up since I got here in Chile. And um, yeah, but still, still pretty high, still pretty high watt. Uh, normalized for me at least um, I know I've lost some weight here too and so I think uh, weighted weighted average power was was pretty darn high um, but I also don't have the race fitness that these guys have they're they're in the middle of their season and I'm I'm just starting this is my first like official race race like serious race um, in a year so so yeah I have, I have a little more sharpening of the stick to do that's for sure um, but it felt good. I just wish my my result would have been would have been more. But is what it is. So that was the GT. Um, no accidents. No nothing. Everything went off went off really well. So overall, um, I think uh, kind of a successful successful event. Um, so I recover. Um, I spend basically a good portion of the rest of the day in bed. My stomach is wrecked. My system is just like. Yeah, it's just processing everything that I just put it through. Like I can eat rice with salt and plain bread, and that was about all I could handle for for the evening. Um, and some tea. I had some tea that helped, but that was it. Like, boy, I was in such a bad bad space, and everything hurt. God, my body was just miserable. Um, I have I have this reoccurring issue on my left side of my leg. My left leg always has a problem. I have a problem with my left glute with warming it up. It's always painful um, until it warms up, you know, about 20 minutes or so at race pace effort in the TT position. Um, and this happens fairly frequently on the TT bike is that my left leg goes numb. And so I lose feeling in my left leg all the way down from like from my hip through my groin to my foot, to my end of my toes. Like I, I lose feeling in there. And I think um, my left leg is shorter than my right I think that's a problem. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I haven't had it evaluated, um, but I think I may need some shims under my sh- under my cleat on the left side to balance my legs out. Um, I think it may have happened after I broke my pelvis for the second time uh, back in 2017 um, that things have kind of shifted a little bit, and I think my left leg is a different length. It's a little bit shorter than the right. I, that's my suspicion. Um, cause I don't have problems on the right side. It's only always on the left side. Um, so I don't know. I need to, I need to talk to somebody or, or see what, talk to my coaches or get some input or see what, if there's somebody here in Chile that can help me with that, or I can buy shims. Maybe I'll see if I can buy some shims and, and get them brought over here when, when Lauren comes. Uh, I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that um but yeah during the tt like on on the way out the second time um my left leg goes numb and i'm like ah crap 
here it goes again. And so I just keep pushing, but I know I lose some power. And I, when you lose power, you lose time. And when you lose time, you lose speed. And when you lose speed and lose time and lose power, you lose placings. So I know that cost me a little bit um, as well. How much? I, I couldn't tell you because uh, I don't remember how long it went numb for. But it was, it was, it was for a while that I couldn't feel my leg um, or feel my foot. So I should, I should fix that. Um, again, part of it is money, uh, you know, is to get <laughs> to, to find find someone that can sell me some shims or, or help me get f- refit on my my cleats or something. Um, uh, cost money. So uh, yeah. Anyways, working on that. Um, but that was the the TG. Um, we recover the next day. I have a day of recovery in between, which was just awesome. In Puerto Montt, they were back-to-back days, which was which was not awesome. Um, I just I wasn't recovered near enough. But I had a day to recover. We had the junior race um, in between. Um, if you're listening to this, we're at what am I recording this at 36 minutes? This is going to be a longer post or a longer episode because I have a lot to talk about. So um, sit down, strap in, and and. Uh, um, you know, or pause this. This is a good time to pause before I get into the road race for the juniors, and then I'm going to talk about the uh, the road race uh, for the men. Um, so, uh, yeah, if this is if this is the time for you to get up and go do something else, uh, I would recommend this is a good break uh, before I jump into the next bit. Uh, what should I do? Should I count down from five to give you a break? Five, four, three, two, one, and we're back. So. Welcome back to the Not Last Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez, and now we're going to talk about the junior road race. So, Felipe is 19 years old. He races for Team Rancawa Bike here. He is um, very smart. He has a lot of potential. He's a really great kid. I like him a lot. I like to train with him. I like to ride with him. He's, um, he's, he's a little introverted and shy and quiet, um, but he has a lot of emotion. Uh, and I, I like him a lot. He's, he reminds me a lot of me. Um, and, and I want to help and train him and, and, uh, work with him and, and do that. Um, yeah, I, I like Felipe a ton. He's a great kid. Um, and it's hard to, it's, it's really hard for me to remember that he's only 19. He seems so much older. He seems like he's, you know, um, I mean, not in his thirties, but he's, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in his mid twenties kind of thing. Like he seems a lot older than he actually is. Uh, that just maybe because he doesn't say too much, but I don't know. Anyways. So we get him ready. Um, he's very nervous. He's so nervous. Um, and he's very fidgety and, and all of this stuff, but he has a coach that gives him a warm up plan and, you know, he's asking about tactics and this is his first national championship event. Um, like he's never done it before. He's, he, you know, he has limited road, road race experience. Uh, most of his racing takes place on the mountain bike because that's what most of the team does, not road race. So I'm here and kind of mixing things up a bit. Um, so we we get him ready. We talk about, you know, um, things to do. And his coach mirrors the same thing that we're telling him to do, which is like, you're just going to sit and wait because you, you're riding solo. You don't have a team to support you. It's on a circuit. It's an eight-kilometer circuit. So we get to see him 12 times um, to finish the circuit. And, like, I told him, like, you just sit and you float and you just stay out of the wind, um, which is the advice that I was given by my coach and given by everyone else that I talked to for me. And it's hard to listen to, but I'll still dish it out <laughs> to everyone else. And the, it's the stuff I give to, to my athletes that I train as well is, is this stuff. But, um, you know, those who can't do teach, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, 
So we talk about tactics. We come up with a plan. His coach is like, yes, this is the plan as well. You know, lo mismo, it's the, it's the same plan. Um, and we, uh, we, we get him to the road race. Or we get him to the start of the race. And he's... It's early in the morning. It's 6.30 in the morning. Or 6 in the morning when we wake up. We leave by 6.45 after breakfast. And um, we get there, and, and it's cold. It's really cold. Um, and they were supposed to start, uh, but they delayed the start because it was too dark. Um, and so we kind of hang out a little bit longer, and then Felipe starts his warm-up, and, and we get him going. So get to the race, um, and he's looking good. Take some good photos of him. I, I, I make sure I take some good photos and some to make a good reel with him and, you know, and all this stuff. And... Um, yeah, so so we get going, and then uh, he sets off, and he's immediately at the front, immediately right at the front, like third wheel. Um, and so I'm screaming at him, like like tranquilo, tranquilo, like which means like calm down, calm down, calm down. Um, and so the next lap, I see him like mid pack, and I'm like, yeah, like mantener, mantener, like maintain, maintain this position, stay here, stay here. And so um, he's he's sitting there, he's sitting there, he's sitting there, um, and then they go around a third time. And he's not there anymore. And we see him, oh, I don't know, uh, about a minute back. And he's pissed. Um, we, I call out to him, and I'm like, you know, this, like, stay calm, tranquilo. Like, this is this is a chrono now. I'm like, chrono, chrono, chrono. Like, this is just a TT. Like, you'll catch back on. Just stay pushing. Just keep going. So he pushes for a lap. Um, he comes around a second time alone and he's only about a minute, minute and a half on, on the group. He hasn't lost a ton of time. He's maintaining the the same speed, which is a good thing. Um, he's not losing a ton of space. Um, and his emotions got the better of him. And he like, he comes around, um, and he takes his sunglasses off and, and throws them at the car. And then he, you know, gets off his bike and dumps his bike and dumps his helmet and starts like walking around and saying a lot of expletives and <laughs> things like that um in spanish and uh he he got a puncture and he lost contact with the group um and you know it was uh, um the phrase is uh cosas externales or external and it's like external things like things out of your control and uh you know he got a puncture and he got a wheel change um from his support car uh from his coach and it was a fast wheel change um but he, uh, I think he just ultimately let the let his emotions get the better of him. Um, he got bumped a little bit too in the race, um, and he wasn't used to that at all. Um, someone elbowed him, and he like headbutted them back. <laughs> yeah, um, so it was a it was a big learning experience for him. Um, many tears were shed. Uh, his family was there. His his uh, grandparents. His cousin. His his uh, sisters, his parents, like they were all there to support him. He had a huge amount of support out there. It was it was super fun. They brought like they brought tons of food and lunch and coffee and and cake and and all this stuff. And like yeah, and I, I like Felipe and his family. They're just they're super great. They're super super great. Um, and uh, and super supportive of him in in every aspect. And you know, and he's a good promising rider. He has a lot of promising uh, prom a lot of promise. Uh, with his talent he just needs more development 
Um, and so I'm hopeful I can work with him a little bit as, as a teammate to develop him for the next, you know, couple of months while I'm here. But, um, yeah, God, he's, he just, he, like, the emotions are so high in a road race because the, like, in a, in a, in a mountain bike race, if you get a flat tire, it's not a big deal. Like, you probably have sealant because you're running tubeless or you replace the tube, um, or, or whatever. And it's, it's not a huge deal, um, to, to make up time or things like that. In a road race, it's like, it's seconds difference and like, you know, and, and if it goes flat, it doesn't just go flat slowly. It goes flat instantly. And, you know, and the emotions are just so high, the stress and anxiety and everything is just so high in a road race. Um, and so it's just, he hasn't experienced that before at that level of event. And so it just, it just got him and it got him good. Um, but, uh, we calmed him down. We talked a lot about the experience and, and kind of brought him back to center. And, uh, and he was, he was okay a little bit later. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was a good experience. Uh, it was also nice to, like, I met Felipe's coach. Um, her name is Lita, and she has a, she's very well respected in the cycling community here in Chile. She's a, uh, has good communication with the Federation. She knows what races you need to be at to qualify for events. Um, so I established a really good relationship or a, a good contact with her and I'm building a relationship with her. Um, which is, which is really nice because that, that helps me quite a bit and that Felipe has touched with her. That helps a lot too. So, um, yeah, so, so that was, that was, you know, again, it's, it's being present in the moment. I, after the TT, I was questioning everything, um, of like, am I doing this? Is the dream still alive? Is, is whatever. And it's like, I think it still is. I think it still is alive. I think it's still hard, but I think that the Olympic dream is still alive. I believe that. And, you know, and meeting Lita really helped to kind of just reinforce that, that like she's willing to help me figure out what I need to do to get to where I want to be. And it's like, I have a great coaching team and I'm not looking to change coaches. I love uh, Mark and the guys at Epic Coaching. Um, they're really deep in my corner and they've brought me really far as an athlete. And, and I still have a lot more to go and, and they're working with me. And that is awesome. However, I am looking to add more assistance and more support to my coaching team. And I think that's where Lita comes in, um, is to add her to the program. So, uh, I will start to communicate more with her and we'll start to figure out things in his calendar and, and all this stuff to do. So, uh, yeah, so we do that. Um, they actually agree. So I was going to initially ride the road race. I wasn't sure if I was going to do the road race. Cause like I was pretty wrecked, pretty tired, not feeling like myself, but, um, uh, I, I think I convinced myself to do it and then I get uh, confirmation that I'm obligated to do it because otherwise, because I um, uh, inscribed, because I uh, signed up for the road race, um, if I don't do it, the team faces a 35 or $20,000 or 20,000 peso fine, which is like 30 or like $25 kind of fine um, that I would have to pay for the team so the team could pay. Uh, otherwise, we'd get sanctioned. So it's, it's to help ensure that like, it, like if you say you're going to do it, then do it sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so I guess I was riding the road race. And so my plan was to, to have a go at the road race. I knew I wasn't in shape enough to contest the win cause, uh, or to contest anything. Um, so I was just going to ride it for as long as I could until I got tired or ran out of food or water. And then I would, I would call it and, and, you know, and Sebastian was going to be in the car sitting in with Lita who agreed to give me support and uh and do that mechanical support and food and water as well 
Um, so that was great. So I had a support car for the, for the road race. So I'd have a go at it, but I was just reframing it in my mind of like, this is just a, um, just a training ride. Like this is just a hard training session. Um, and so my goal was to just finish with the group, like stay out of the wind, stay somewhere mid back, mid to the back of the pack. And like, you know, I knew there was going to be a lot of accordion effect back and forth and, uh, and just stay up, stay safe and, and finish in the group. Um, the road race. Road race is 174 kilometers, so like 110 miles. 100 and, see, I thought like that, about 110 miles. Um, pretty flat. It uses part of the TT course that we rode the day, two days before. And um, yeah, so looking looking forward to it. Um, I have my, my bigger gear range on the bike and was, was ready to roll. So we get to the Plaza de Armas Central in, in Curico, um, and everyone is starting to set up. There's, you know, there's barricades, there's big banners, all the team tents are set up. There's other vendors out there selling stuff. And um, Oh, and at the, at the junior race, there was a bunch of vendors set up too with, with all the pomp and circumstance, and they were selling jerseys. And so well, one thing I did realize while training here is that um, the heat is, is quite a lot, and the exposure is quite a lot. There's not big trees to offer a lot of shade. And so I have these beautiful jerseys that are dark blue or black or, you know, colors that aren't white and um, colors that absorb a lot of heat. And um, to I and I run out of these. I've only got like two white jerseys. So um, I end up buying another jersey that's white that I can wear that um, that'll help uh, to be riding out midday out in the heat. So so that's good. So I was able to do that. This nice vendor. Um and uh, it's a it's a it's a nice jersey too, but uh, get this. So it's an aero racing jersey, cost me thirty nine thousand pesos. Uh, so like forty two dollars um, for like uh, uh, aero racing jersey, like nicer quality than Castelli. Um, probably as about as nice as Rafa, and yeah, cost me like forty bucks. So. Uh, might just spend a little more money buying some kit while I'm here because it's so nice and it's so cheap than buying in the U.S. Um, yeah, so other U.S. brands can suck it. <laughs> but anyways, so uh, road race time. So we get to the, the road race. They call it the Fondo. So we get to the Fondo and, um, and you know, I get my warm-up in. They delay the start because they're not organized to get things going on time. They were supposed to start at 8, and we delay by an hour and a half, so we go off at like 9.30. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's there's a mixed field of the U23 and the Elite Men. Um, there's about 200 racers in the field. It's a massive field. It's the UCI limit for, for racers in the field, and I think, it's, I think it's capped at 200 or 175. I don't remember. One of those two, but, like, it was, it was the max for the UCI limit. Um, for racers and I never like racing with the U23s they're super jumpy they have a lot to prove they want recognition um, and they don't have a lot of experience and it just makes for for a dangerous race and I don't like it uh, they did the same thing in Puerto Montt um, I just I don't like racing with the U23 riders um, they've been you know some of them have they just yeah they just don't have the experience and and they're way too jumpy and skittish um, and and so it just it's like racing with a bunch of cat fours and it's just like um yeah just kind of sucks so but that's you know i don't have any say in the matter so i'm racing with them anyway so 
I get up there and um, and I knew I was I was taking a risk to stay towards the back of the pack, but I just wanted to make sure that I don't get too excited and, and just roll with the group and, and just do that. So maintaining good position mid pack, sitting in, hanging out, um, and and the speeds are really high, really really high. Like we're averaging 28, 30 miles an hour into a headwind. Um, and it's fine. I'm, I'm comfortable with that speed in that group. Um, unless it's mixed with a bunch of little U23 riders that are, um, that are inexperienced and don't know how to handle their bike at that speed and in a group, you know, handlebar to handlebar. And so I, I told Felipe before this race, uh, after the junior race, I was like, we were looking at the course profile. I'm like, expect lots of really big crashes. This is a, this is a race course that's going to get like, it's, it's going to get a lot of crashing. It's like, but it's not technical. It's not. And I said, that's the problem. It's like a wide open roads. And that's when these big crashes and pileups happen is these wide open roads. So sure enough, we get, we get through, I don't know, the first, I don't know, 10 kilometers and there's a crash, small crash, um, but there's water across the road. There's water across the road, standing water flowing across the road, uh, from a farm, um, from like an irrigation thing, um, on an off camber, uh, corner downhill. And it's like downhill is in like a little, like a little dip in the road, but enough to where you pick up speed, um, onto an off camber corner and, and there's water on the road. So naturally everyone slides out and grabs their brakes. Great. So fortunately I was ahead of that crash. Um, but I could hear it behind me and you don't dare look over your shoulder because then you're probably going to crash because you're, everyone else is paying attention to that and not what's going ahead of them. So, um, so you don't look, you just keep riding and, uh, and we keep going and we get on the TT course and it's wide open and flat and fast. And we're going into a headwind at, you know, when I was doing that individually, I was doing it at, you know, 38 to 40 K we're doing 45 KPH. So like 25 mile an hour, which isn't wicked fast, but with that group into a headwind, um, they were, they were pushing hard. They were working a lot at the front and I'm sitting in feeling fine. Um, and we get to this big accordion effect back and forth and back and forth. We're probably, you know, 18 kilometers into 20 kilometers into this race. Um, and there's a big accordion effect. All of us slam on our brakes after someone at the front slams on their brakes. And we come up, I dodge a couple of people. And then this guy comes this little U23 rider comes up behind me and pegs me and takes me out. So I go over the handlebars. He catches his front wheel, um, into my handlebars and, and I go tumbling and took out about 15 of us. And so my front wheel's out of true. I get up. I'm a little banged up, but I'm not not too bad. Um, I was able to brake uh, hard enough that I could scrub enough speed before I went down. I hit my elbow on the ground, so my elbow's a little bit bruised, but the bone is fine. Um, my shoulder's a little tweaked, but like I'm I'm just a little and a little bit of road rash from my like middle of my shin up to my um, up to my hip. Um, but it's fine. It'll heal in, in a, in a couple of days and be fine within a week. It's fine. Now the day after I scrubbed it hard in the, in the shower and which hurt like hell, but, um, but it feels better now that it's scrubbed, scrubbed raw and scrubbed clean so I can heal properly. So, so it's fine. Um, but I lose contact with the group and UCI sanction UCI rules are that if you are more than five minutes outside the Peloton, um, you're, you're not in the race anymore, unless you can make up that gap, then you can re-enter the race, but it's hard to do. And I'm doing the numbers in my head is that I'm, I'm doing 300 Watts pushing 38 kilometers per hour. And last time we were, I was in the Peloton, they were doing 45 KPH, like, they're like the numbers don't add. I can't close the gap um, at this flat, open 
head crosswind kind of kind of spot. Um, ooh, I am at 60 minutes for this race or for this uh, recording time. So I'm going to do this in two parts or I'm at 55 minutes for this. So I'm right up on the limit. Um, I, I have more to share. Um, my phone is giving me a notification for this recording. So we're going to do this in two parts. So this is part one, I guess. Um, I will record a second one and I'll post it right after, right after this, this recording session. Okay. Um, but I'll take this right up to, to another couple of minutes, um, before I share the rest of it. So we go on, um, and I lose contact with the group. I, uh, my, my support car comes up, checks my front wheel and like, and trying to get, tries to get it straight. And I like, I ride a few meters and I have to get off cause it's rubbing again. And so the brake, I open up the brake all the way and the, the wheel is still rubbing. It's still out of true. And like, I get it to a point where it's, it's rideable. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so I get to the point where it's rideable and I start to chase and I'm like, okay, well, let's just see what, what happens. But in my head, I know the numbers and I know that the numbers don't add. And so I'm just, I'm just in a solo TT and like, and I'm alone. Everyone else got their stuff got going, but I was, I was underneath, uh, three other riders before they got off of me. And then I had to untangle my bike from this other, other little stupid little junior. (laughs) I was a little pissed off. Um, that like, I didn't go down. I was taken down. It's like, ah, grumble, but that's bike racing. Um, and that's, I think part of the difference is that like, is the experience level of like my emotions, I'm calm, I'm, I'm pissed, but I can control those emotions and be calm and collected and not freak out and get my heart rate pegged. Um, and, and then lose control and then, you know, um, and then, and then, you know, completely explode or detonate, uh, on the bike. So I, I'm in control of my emotions and I know how to do that. And that's, I think, a big one of the big differences between the U23 riders and the inexperienced riders and the more experienced ones is that we, we have the ability to control our emotions better because we've been through this. We know this. Like, crashes happen. This is part of the sport. And it sucks, but it happens. Bumping happens. And it sucks, but it's part of the sport, you know. But um, it sucks when it's not your fault. It's um, cosas, cosas externales, yeah? external External causes. External things. So... Um, I will leave you with this. If you are listening, thank you for listening. Um, this is the not last podcast, and this is the end of part one after, um, after my chasing bit on the grand fondo for the, um, the 2022, uh, Chilean national championship road race course. Um, yeah, tune in for the next episode, which we, I will record right after this one. And I will update you with the rest of, of my experience in Curico, um, this last weekend.